It's the Blue Vote Cafe, a little bit of wonkish, a whole lot of fun. I'm David Schellenberg along with Rachel Oyster. It snowed in Ottawa over the weekend. A sure sign that Christmas is coming. Oh, is that what it's a sign of? Yes, well, I get a little bit worried sometimes that we're not going to have a white Christmas. And that uh, I know. For, for a Canadian capital, that's a genuine concern. Yes, it's true. No, I've been I've been actively celebrating winter the last few years. It's important that we have it. I'm glad it's still here. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Who's with us today? Today, we are joined by Jennifer von Estorf. Sorry, Jennifer. Who okay. is <laughs> our Global State Teams Coordinator. So welcome. Thanks for having me. We like to start out with the same question for everyone, um, which is, first of all, what state do you vote out of? And secondly, where in the world are you now? And what took you there and what keeps you there? I am a Texas voter, mm-hmm. as hard as that is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it makes us really tough. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I live in Germany, and I've been here for over 20 years. Um, I came to study and uh, stayed for love. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, yes. The same old story. Now I have two little half-German, half-American boys. <laughs> they keep me on my toes. <laughs> Oh, Texas is wonderful. a fascinating state, though. Like it's just so massive that it yeah. it it overall, I think, when we look at it from a distance, we we tend to see one thing. But I've been to Texas. It's it's very friendly for for people of all sorts of politics. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean it's the people of Texas are are so diverse and. They will literally give you the shirt off of their back. I mean, if if you were in need and they're so kind and warm and generous, but it has certainly gone down a road that is not that is not pretty. And people have been um, really trained to think a certain way that mm. is is just not it's not true to their nature. And, and it's really sad to see. And I see it in my own family. And uh, wow. So it's 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 hard. It's hard to be from Texas, but you know, we we keep on hoping. We got to meet Beto this summer and it was so wonderful and we were all really really hoping that he would uh, bring it home, but right. Texas is just it's a it's a crazy place, you know, people really uh, digging their heels with their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So is the fact that you're a Texas voter related to the fact <laughs> that you became the Global State Teams coordinator? It is because this all kind of started with Texas. Right, right. <laughs> um, we actually the very beginnings of it were were in Georgia with with the twenty twenty runoff, and we really saw that that focused state um, approach brought us huge gains, and we were able to target our messaging. We were able to target our voter assistance, and it was just a really wonderful two months of everybody pulling together to work on one single thing and get Warnock elected and get Ossoff elected. And those victories really kind of catapulted this this whole movement and um, gave us, I don't know, a foundation to work with. And Mm -hmm. um, then with Lisa Viedman here in Germany and America Garcia in Fiji, the three of us um, came together and wanted to do something for Texas. And so we started off with our Texas team, a little bit kind of off to the side, you know, parallel to DA, not necessarily um, as a DA uh, movement itself, 
and we organized a couple of events. And um, then we also started doing some legislative outreach and we connected with um, several legislators on the ground in Texas to talk to them about the ridiculous difficulties that it that we have when we try to vote from abroad. You know, Texas is a postal mail state mm-hmm. and you know, of course, as many other states with the, with the postal mail requirements, that isn't an, in and of itself a huge difficulty. But Texas just makes a lot of other things difficult, you know. And um, the big counties, you often have a lot of hurdles there, and you have trouble getting answers. And twenty twenty was particularly bad, and so we had a lot of um, a lot of cases that we could take to them and show them hmm. how you know this this personal connection of you know first time voters having their FPCAs rejected and and just all of the difficulties that people had had and um, wow. that was really that was really where we got started and worked together with Heidi and she helped us put together a great presentation and uh, from there it actually grew into an official part of DA the Texas mm-hmm. team and um, then we started working together with Candace to launch the rest of the state teams and. Uh, that's been it's been an interesting two years, really. Um, I think it's uh, the successes and overwhelmed the challenges. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. Pulled together a lot of a lot of great volunteers. I mean, now we're up to thirteen teams, and uh, yeah, looking forward to see to seeing what's going to come in the next couple of years. Thirteen teams, 13. like the thirteen colonies. <laughs> it's just the beginning. Fifty, and then fifty-one and fifty-two are all in their sights now. Yeah. <laughs> it it is a certainly d- a different way to organize DA. Where we we have separated ourselves based on where we live, and state teams come along and separates us based on where we vote. Is is that the idea? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's. I don't think that we'll ever have have 50 teams. I mean, we really focus mm-hmm. we're really focusing in on these states where either it's particularly difficult to vote or there are or were crucial elections. Um, I mean, Arizona is a good example of a state where it's incredibly easy to vote, hmm. but we all know how essential Arizona is. And so it was, you know, never a question that we would want to have an Arizona state team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their focus really has been on getting out the vote and getting to know candidates and bringing the candidates closer to um, to the voters abroad, but not so much on, on um, the just technical difficulties of voting because they don't really have any. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's kind of, I mean, getting back to David's question, it's kind of an overlap, but is, isn't it? I mean, it's the difficulties in voting accrue either from the state you're voting in or the part of the world you're living in. Because I, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, you were saying Texas is a mail-in state and that's not really a problem, but in some parts of the world, that is a problem. Just getting yeah. a something mailed back is a, is a huge hurdle. Well, and I think that's that's the beauty of having both the country committees and the state teams. Yeah. One of the things that we were able to do um, in this last election cycle is to revamp how voter assistance was handled. And so we've tried to move as many people onto, um, onto intercom as possible and so that we're all in one place. And when the tickets would come in, you could see, okay, this is this is a Georgia voter who needs help and our Georgia specialists could go in and work with, work with them. Right. Or, you know, this is more, it might be a Georgia voter, but they're having difficulties with mailing something back from Thailand. And so right. we could, 
tag the Thailand CC and they could go in and help them, you know, with their particular postal issues. And so it's a really, it was just a really targeted way of being able to very quickly get to the heart of the matter and, and get voters the help that they needed. And I think, I think that's, that's a really good precedent moving us into the next presidential election when, you know, numbers will go up. And I mean, it, not that we didn't have quite a number of uh, voter assistance needs this year as well. Right. Right. That's oh, right. yes. But that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> And the more we grow, the more Democrats abroad grows, the more the questions and problems will grow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So so you were kind of a missing piece. That's wonderful. I think so. I think it really is. It's a compliment to everything else that we do. I mean, you know, and we all still are active within our country committees and our chapters. I mean, I'm a chapter vice chair and I'm the secretary in Germany. And so, you know, we, we work in lots of different areas. And um, this was just... This was just kind of that adding, adding on and, and, and enriching what was already there, being able to, you know, one of the other things that we, that the teams did was put together really um, detailed information for voters. And I think that was just something that no one had really had the time to do, or, or, you know, had a group of people who all voted in the same state, be able to sit down together and, and talk through, well, these are the big issues that, that we have, and let's get ahead of that and address this in, in a voting guide and get that out to people. So I think that, you know, we'll do more and more of that in the future and, and take what we've got. We have like a really great base of information now and, and work with that and just keep adding to it. And so that we have a really great library of resources that, um, that are available to all the country committees. Mm -hmm. What inside the individual states themselves, when, when you come knocking on the door to the, the, the Democrats of Florida or California or Michigan, like what do they say when you introduce yourself to them? Oftentimes they just genuinely don't know that we exist. Um, <laughs> for example, uh, Dana Frayling and I went to the uh, Texas Democratic Convention this summer, <sighs> and it was it was really fascinating to have conversations with with people and and most of them truly don't know or don't think about voters living abroad. They might think, oh, they might think about the military being able to vote from abroad, but. Yes. They certainly don't have civilians um, in mind, and especially not in the numbers that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we, we exist. potentially could have. Mm -hmm. um, and and they're all quite interested to learn more. And we did, you know, we've had many, many good conversations, including with Lucy Baines Johnson, mm, whose daughter lives in Canada. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And That's... she was very excited to hear that her daughter could vote in Texas and her oh. granddaughter. Wow. And so we gave her some voting information that was incredibly exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, like the spirit of Lyndon Baines Johnson was was glowing down yes. on us that day. And now we need to know which Canada chapter she's yes, a member right. of. <laughs> <laughs> some investigation needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. that must be so much easier for, for those people in those states to, instead of looking at Democrats abroad and try to figure out how, how do I find right. my Texas voters around the world to say, well, here are all your Texas voters, you know, yeah. give us some resources, some tools, help us to make sure everybody can get their ballots. 
Yeah. And I think that that's, that is the path forward. And we, um, many worked with many state parties and Candace was great in, in facilitating that and, and the different meetings that she went to where people, at least from the, the top of the party were much more familiar with Democrats abroad and with voter protection. Liz worked closely with the voter protection teams in the right. different states. And, right. you know, so there we had a particular issues and of course in Georgia and in Texas and she really sat down with with their voter protection teams and so we've from two years ago where there was hardly there were hardly any interactions with the state parties yeah. to now I mean it's it's been a massive jump and I think that this gives us really great footing to just to build on that moving forward so it makes I mean, sense you know, yeah go ahead well, and, you know, and then we also had all of these great relationships that we started building with candidates who many of, you know, many of them now are not just candidates, but there are representatives mm -hmm. and that's <laughs> a whole oh, nother, yes. yeah, they whole nother aspect that, you know, but lots that, of things to look forward to. <laughs> so that, I mean, I, I understand your, um, earlier, you said earlier that the goal isn't 50 state teams, which makes sense. Some states will just require a lot less intervention than others. But it does argue in favor of maybe having 50 state teams or liaisons or something, because just mm. for exactly the reasons you just gave to educate the state parties that we even exist and for them to realize the full potential of the voting, I don't want to say block, but um, mm. power residing outside the country. Well, I mean, I know that when we when we had Beto come and speak to us in May, um, Mike from DA Mexico was talking to him about, you know, potentially a half a million Texas voters yeah. living on the other side of the border. And, yeah. you know, Beto's eyes just yeah. immediately <laughs> brightened up and you know, he said, now we're cooking with gas, which in Texas is a pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think that we have to keep bringing these numbers to the table and letting people know that there are so many voters out there, but we can't reach them by ourselves. We do need the state parties to, to help with this and to, to activate their people. And, you know, they have access to all of the voter rolls. They can work with us and, and also do outreach. And so I think that that's going to be yeah. something that we're, we'll continue to do and refine and learn from and, and, well, and a lot great. of times they, they have money. Yeah, they, they certainly do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, so, you know, we might as well tap into that. You know, and I know when we were in Texas, we spoke to a lot of just different county chairs. And um, I think that that's another area where, you know, that's a separate level of leadership and yeah. they often don't get that information, but they're the ones sitting on, you know, lists of thousands of, of voters. And, you know, we might as well enlist their help as well to get the word out and right. every website that we can get on and every bit of publicity we can get is, is going to find another voter. So. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And we, when you talk about a, a, a forming a state team, is, is there a formal structure for every single state? <laughs> that was my next question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we do have, we have our, uh, Oh, it's not the charter. What do we call it? The, oh gosh. We have our structure that there each team has either a single team lead or multiple team leads. And um, some of the teams are relatively small. I mean, Maine has 
about three really dedicated volunteers. Um, and some of the teams are, you know, quite a bit larger. Um, and then they come to us or we approach, we approach particular volunteers that we have in mind. If we know that there's a state, when we knew that there was a state that needed, um, needed a team and mm-hmm. work together to get everyone up and running. And I mean, our Pennsylvania team, I think was probably like one of the model teams. They met regularly. They organized the events. They did phenomenal voter assistance, um, and put together great, information and and so they and they're they meet quite regularly um and they have a single team lead but lots of other really active volunteers on in that group and um we've just tried to keep drawing in new people and uh, i think right now they've got about got about 10 dedicated volunteers who who keep coming back oh, for more wow. <laughs> wow that's amazing that's a great base so can yeah. what can you name the states we do have teams for and are there states you'd like to add Ooh, I can try. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start in the South. We've got Arizona. Um, that one's certainly crucial and we've got to keep yeah. them going. Um, yeah. Texas and Georgia, uh, Florida, North Carolina. And then we move up. We've got Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. Am I forgetting? California. Wow. New Jersey. Um, New Jersey's kind of a, a bit of a an outlier. They were around far beyond far before we started ah. with the state teams doing their legislative work. Yes. We're certainly gonna keep keep going with with them and uh right. keep working together. Um did I get up to twelve? You got up Ohio. To, did I forget Ohio? You, got, Ohio? you said Ohio. I think you got to eleven, but that's pretty darn impressive. Wisconsin, I still see on the list. Oh, oh you're looking at the list, David. Why oh, did yes, we make? There's a website. That lists why did we make Jennifer do this out of her head? That's so unfair. You usually can get up to eleven. No, you did. And are there teams that or states that don't have teams that you'd really like to field? We already have um, a few volunteers asking about New York, and I think after um, the disastrous congressional results Mm -hmm. in New York, that that's Mm -hmm. certainly necessary. And New York doesn't make voting easy either, and uh, so there's certainly legislative work that can be done there. Right. Um, Oh, Maryland. There we go. Last one. Oh, (laughs) Maryland. I can't forget Maryland. Speaking of legislative work, they they are on our list of legislative work for the coming for the coming session. Right. So if you don't vote out of any of those states, you can still volunteer, I imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it's it's certainly helpful to have um, to have uh, volunteers who vote in those states for the aspect of just knowing the the ins and outs of what voting looks like. I know, especially for Georgia this year, um, with the massive changes that happened um, even from 2020 now with right. the ranked choice ballot and right. the moving ahead the timelines. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then and then on top of that, they, they you know, added a different portal where you go to get your ballot, um, you know, mm-hmm. why not? Uh, it was it was incredibly helpful to be able to walk through that process with people who had access to those ballots and could you know give us the steps and and mm-hmm. really help us to create these detailed guides and answer questions where like what happens if if this you know where do you go for this or you know what does that look like um, then how do you what does your ranked choice ballot look like and so that was incredibly helpful to have those um, to have those team members there at the ready being able to answer those questions for us mm-hmm. right. Right. That makes sense. Is there, so my state is Iowa, which 
I noticed was not on the list. But but sometimes I just would like to talk about Iowa issues with somebody from Iowa because hmm. it's on the ballot. Like, do you have to be a formal state committee, or or are we at the point now where there's just even some informal groups that are coming along? I think that we could easily form some informal groups, and we actually did have all four Iowa congressional candidates come and speak to us. What? Yes, That's we did. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I take that back. Um, I think one of them had to duck out at the last minute, but she sent her team to come yeah. to come and talk to us. And and the Iowa, it was actually the Iowa um, State Party who approached us because they had lost. Um, what was it? The third congressional district by six votes in twenty twenty. Oh no! Yeah, or the second. Maybe it was the second congressional. And and uh, they they were like, "Could you help us find six votes?" <laughs> So it would be lovely to be able to just, Jeez. you know, send a, an email to all DA Iowa voters to yeah. invite them to come sit in on those things. And that's what we do. Awesome. Right. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and Iowa also needs to fight to keep its place as first in the nation. Yeah, I was about to say poor, poor Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the reason that Iowa needs to unite at the moment. <laughs> Maybe, but even a state as blue as Massachusetts, which is where I vote, sometimes has the most confusing ballot questions. You yes, know, yes, you're exactly. strongly on one side and you're not on the other, but but teasing out exactly from the language which side it's expressing so that you can vote for or against can be such a challenge. Yeah, that was exactly I mean, my point. As you get further down the ballot, it's really hard to know like well, who's right. like, school district there, candidates. And, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no no coverage on those little races. Of course, when you get that down that far in the ballot, at least in Massachusetts, you're looking at smaller and smaller geographic areas. So mm. the chance of another Massachusetts voter voting for that exact slate, you know, at that tiny little level is small, but it's not non-existent. And there's well, no party affiliation on the ballot. So that, that was kind of where I was going, too, is like, oh, there is in Massachusetts. There see, is. in Iowa, there isn't. You just sort of see a, a big, long list of names. And Ooh. and I just I, I wonder who who am I supposed to vote for? And and so you end up Googling every single person on the ballot, just trying to have some sort of idea of who any of these individuals are. And sometimes they have a website and sometimes there's no trace of them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Then I don't feel at all bad if I'm not voting for them. If you can't even throw together a basic website, then screw That's you. my feeling. No yeah. website, no vote. <laughs> <laughs> that all can be on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except a website weighs more for me than being on Facebook. <laughs> Let all candidates be warned. <laughs> around the world. Yeah, around the world. <laughs> But at least, well, yes, when there's a, if there's a group, uh, a place for us to get together and, and talk about these things, I can see yeah. how that's that, that fulfills a lot of just the basic need of trying to figure out what's going on sometimes. Maybe okay. in each cycle we should have, you know, Wisconsin Day and <laughs> North Carolina Day. <laughs> well, I mean, and that was that was one of the really great things that, you know, with, with the creation of the global position and, um, you know, kind of giving us access to the to comms that we really were able to do more targeted um, emails with with this information in it and and give people the opportunity to come and meet the people they were electing. Right. Um, you know, how often is it that you have all of the state candidates uh, in one Zoom event, <laughs> you know, yeah. talking to, to overseas voters, you know, yeah, like I think, never. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think in, in, 
when the Arizona held held their event, they had Jevin Hodge and um, Kirsten Engel were there, and and some of the really crucial uh, down ballot legislative um, roles there, and and it was it was great. It was a really wonderful, inspiring event, and it it, it also made it hard to see some of those candidates not right. get into Congress. Right, right. Because you make a connection with them and you yeah. see how good they're going to be and then they don't yeah. get to do it. Oh. But a lot of them did. So, and that's yeah. that was also a good thing is yes. that we had, we had losses. We got to celebrate for the people who won. I mean, you know, Katie Porter came and talked to us for a good half an hour, which wow. was a big Katie Porter fangirl to begin with. But that was, <laughs> that was pretty special. Lovely. Um, and so, you know, those few thousand votes, some of those were ours, helped to keep her in office. And, and she made a lot of really good promises and uh, to help simplify things for us voters abroad and so i think we can now go back to her and and and, and you know and a lot of you know we you know brought the americans abroad caucus to the attention of all of the different congressional candidates we talked to them about taxation issues Good. and you know and in north carolina we we had um three no four four of the congressional candidates come and talk to us. No, three, sorry. And, and they all three got elected, you know, and those were all tight. As many, as many losses as we had in North Carolina, we did not lose those three races and, wow. and they all know us and we can go back and talk to them. And so there's, there's a lot of exciting stuff that's come out of this, oh, yeah. this last election yeah. cycle. That's wonderful. And I can see that for candidates, just inspiring people to, to actually go take the time and, and get your ballot and fill out your ballot and put it in the mail when you actually can meet a candidate and and chat with them, even if it is through Zoom, it inspires you to do the work to make sure they get mm -hmm. they, they get elected. Even if Absolutely. you can't chat with them, even if somebody else is chatting with them and you're just listening, it, it yeah. humanizes them and it 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 enhances their appeal. I would think. Oh, yeah. Well, to hear them answer questions that are relevant mm -hmm. to you and not just mm -hmm. you know, any old in-state issues that that don't necessarily affect us i mean you know that's those they're still you know obviously we talked a lot about bodily autonomy and 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 abortion rights and you know the issues that are very much in the forefront of everyone's minds right now but also to you know like i said to be able to ask about about taxation which is you know probably one of the biggest issues for overseas voters absolutely and you know, most of them honestly just aren't familiar with it no, um, and, no. and they are now <laughs> <laughs> getting there yeah. you know and every single every single uh, contact that we can make and and uh, give them that information then it's it's we're one step closer to bringing those issues to the floor so so in this last cycle did you have any particular satisfying triumphs i mean i think that our ballot drop ballot day event with Oh gosh, I don't even know how many people we had in the end. I think it was about twenty different speakers, some live and uh, some who sent us videos with with Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon. What? <laughs> that was <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I heard this. This is cool. Yes. Oh, it was amazing. Um, that was that was just a real highlight. Um, we well, had. Tell, uh, yeah, tell us about it. 
Well, we had um, Thomas McDermott from Indiana came and spoke to us and the Lieutenant Governor of Michigan came and spoke to us. We had video messages from almost all of the Senate candidates in the swing states. Um, we had, um, because I Kira Sedgwick came. <laughs> Kevin Bacon was just on the phone. He got called off to to film, but he she had her <laughs> phone, um, and and she was just she was so inspiring. Um, she talked about you know really turning her anxiety and and fear and worry into action and mm -hmm. encourage us to do the same. And then we had B. Wynn from Georgia, who was running for Secretary of State. Such an amazing candidate um and she had come and talked to us for the second time actually and a few other candidates we had a beautiful message from nancy pelosi that she recorded just for democrats abroad that nice. we finished off with yeah no, it was a great event i think we were on we were there for about three hours oh, wow. <laughs> encouraging people to vote their ballots and get them sent back that that same day and ah you know, so that was the point people would show up with their unfinished ballots in front of them and, yeah. and listen to the speakers. That was, that was 45 days out. Yeah. The day that, uh, that everybody had to get their ballots by. So. Uh, so it was just to inspire people to actually do the job of filling yeah. it out and returning it. Oh, what a good idea. Yeah, very clever. Nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a real highlight, but yeah. I mean, we had, I think we had around 20 different candidate events mm, this amazing. last year. Wow. Yeah. Um, starting with, I mean, starting even in 2021 with Ben Wickler from the Wisconsin Dems. Um, yes. and if you've never heard him speak. He's just oh, he's amazing firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> and you no, know, it's been a really, it's been a really great last 12 months. Um, it's been really awesome to see the teams come together. I mean, a lot of the events that we did in the beginning were were kickoffs. Um, we had. Nikimo Williams come and speak at our like John Lewis birthday celebration, mm -hmm. birthday celebration. And um, she, of course, took his seat and she's the chair of the Georgia Democratic Party. And she is also absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. inspirational. And that that was the you know, kickoff for our Georgia team. And uh, it was really it's really exciting. And I mean, one of our most dedicated teams, I would say, is our North Carolina team. And we really had some wonderful events with them. I and mean, we had Sherry Beasley come and speak to us. We had um, oh. the two swing um, state Supreme Court race candidates come and speak to us. Right. And um, I think those were some those were some of the most devastating losses to see, you know, those yes, amazing yeah. Candidates. I mean, you know, and to know that Ted Budd is going to the mm, Senate instead mm. of Sherry Beasley, and mm. and now that we've lost those two seats on the the North Carolina Supreme Court, things are going to be very different in the future. They will probably go back, and um, mm -hmm. we'll lose we'll lose some congressional seats there as well. Yeah. Oh so, dear. But you know, we know we've got those relationships now, and we'll yep. keep fighting. And our North Carolina team is as fired up as ever, and. <laughs> ready to to keep to keep going back in there and just like us in texas you know we we get knocked <laughs> down but never forget well, <laughs> if we've seen anything from this last round of, of voting is yeah you never know you just got to keep working that's right that's yeah. right wow we'll see where where that road leads us and <laughs> at least we get to celebrate with with michigan and <laughs> yes yes michigan was amazing oh that was a that was a terrific win and yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the California team, they did um, a really wonderful job with these um, 
10 congressional districts that were really key districts and trying to bring awareness to those districts and and let California voters know that it's it's not just a blue state and that their vote really does matter and I think that that's a message that we have to really keep keep pushing and keep working on and and keep showing people how important it is for them to vote in every election. Agreed. Yep. yep. For sure. It's been a great two years from our little experiments with Texas to yeah. growing it into all of these these great groups of people out there fighting to keep democracy alive and to get these amazing candidates so we got to meet into office and also now to work to make voting easier from abroad i know that's that's maryland is going to be kicking that off they've already got legislation in the works and to to uh, for the never resided to be able to have access to vote and mm-hmm. to make it um, possible for all overseas voters to vote in down ballot elections and not just those who intend to return. So there are lots of, lots of fronts that we'll be working on and uh, just trying to give as many people access to the ballot as possible and inspire people who do have access to the ballot to vote. Right. Excellent. That's it. Well, from Texas to 13 teams in two years is huge. (laughs) Congratulations on all that hard work and thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Jennifer von Estorf, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a great pleasure to hear what you've been up to. Well, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. I'm Rachel Oyster with David Schellenberg in Ottawa, Canada. Thank you for listening to Democrats Abroad, the Blue Vote Cafe. Mm